0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing Podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Today, you guys doing good? Uh, yeah, let's play some Basketball the greatest adventure on earth, God's local church. Uh, He wants everyone to be a part of his team. That is his dream, the dream team. I'm not sure what you think of when you think of church, but hopefully it's family. Hopefully it's not a building. And if it's not one of those things, then by the end of today, you hopefully will be convinced that it is so much more. Now we voted this week, right? And, uh, Today we got. I saw on Ryan's page it's Marine's birthday, right? And so we got Marines. The uh, yeah, Semper Fi. Oh, it was yesterday. So it's yesterday. And then Veterans Day is tomorrow. For everybody that's serving. Yeah. What's up? What's up? You're serving. You're serving. What's up? Honoring our country. That's amazing. And today we're gonna give. Um, I'm gonna use a word that is almost a swear word to some. That word is church. Church? Yeah, church. I have to, mom. Mm. Yeah, come on. You're coming with me. Mom always made me go. I don't want to have to go when I get older and go into a phase and realize it's real. And we would love today that you're compelled You're convinced and that there's a clear on-ramp with the say yes brochures that everybody got that by the end of service today and throughout this whole month we'll be inviting you into the team. Last week we had 15 people sign up for the dream team. Yep. Welcome those 15. Our goal is 75 this month. We already have 225 on our dream team. And I use those numbers to let you know we care about people, and that represents a force to love the city. We're about the good news. We think it's very important that it is shared because when we die. We're dead forever. It's a real, real, um, yeah, It's it's. this isn't entry level. This isn't play play. And in fact, I'm wearing this shirt, you know, the dream team. You remember the 92 Olympics? Dream team. Uh, anybody remember some of those members on the team? Who were they? You got Jordan. You got Magic. Barkley. There we go. Bird. Who else we got? Malone. Malone there we go. Okay. David Robinson. There. No, David Robinson's first service didn't get David Robinson. We did have Clyde Drexler. Are you online right now? That's unfair. We're, at the first service, somebody, um, who else we had? We had a couple more? Stockton. We did have Stockton. Pippin. Who got froze out? Who was not on the team? Isaiah. Yeah, that's an E60. And then 30 for 30 or something behind the scenes. Uh, who was the player that got invited right after uh, high s- or college? Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Dream team. They said it was the greatest team ever assembled for the Olympics, basketball. There's been debate, was this team better than that team? I want you to tell you this. The dream team of the 92 Olympians pales in comparison to God's church. I mean, he is so in love with his bride. He takes the weakest, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And today, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 3. And there's a very bold, powerful statement here, and we're beginning at verse 7. It says, of this gospel, good news, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. Paul's talking, I don't deserve this. I'm unworthy, and it was a gift. Oh, this is good. How do we get on God's team? It's a gift. You You can't even earn it. Why would I show up to practice? No, no, no. You're on the team because of Jesus. You get to wear the jersey. He's the one who gives out the jerseys. So if someone has ever told you you're unworthy, lies. You're worthy of God's love. He hands out jerseys. He wants people on his team. And I'm convinced that we have a low view compared to how Jesus sees his church. Every single one of us, myself including, We have a lower view than how God looks at this thing. And and, and it says, which I was given, was given me by the working of his power. I love this because we're not coming with good news with just words. We're coming in power. You know, we need the Holy Spirit to be in power. Power. There's a difference between information and transformation. The goal is not just information today. Please, please, please do not be deceived. The goal is transformation, power. This will affect our life. And I recognize there's hurts, and we're going to talk about all these things today. Uh, To me, though, I am the very least of all the saints. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles. This means all nations, different types of peoples, all races, all faces. You belong here. This is what it means. The unsearchable riches of Christ. So think of a treasure never-ending. This is how beautiful it is to gaze at Jesus. It's never-ending to look at Jesus. When I'm frustrated, sometimes the last place I want to look is at Jesus. Because I know when I look at him, he's actually going to solve it. Sounds weird. Well, if you know he's going to solve it, because sometimes we love pity parties. Just want to pitch a tent here, pity party. There's a difference between God uh, soothing and then pity. And God actually wants to deliver us. And when we look at his unsearchable riches, he can deliver us from all types of things. Verse nine, and to bring to light, remember this light for everyone. What is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God? Hidden, hidden. When I think hidden, I have to go to movies, and I go to several things. I think Transformers. I think, you know, every movie, Optimus Prime, we find out he's tied to a bigger story, and there's more primes for Optimus And there's, there's this bigger thing going on. Goonie, there was the, you know, the hidden treasure, the map. And and I say that to connect a dot. Here's why. Because what I'm talking about is more real than any movie you've seen. It's been hidden. It, this is so powerful. The statement we're going to share is it, this. It, 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 look, Check. So, the mystery for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What this means is God's greatest display of who he is and his character outside of Jesus is found not in a nation. It's found not in a business. It's found in a people. found in his church. The word manifold there is only used one time in the New Testament, and it's a word that represents um, a cloth or a canvas of different colors. That God's body is different colors. It's the manifold wisdom that he would engraft people. He would adopt people without the, the right family line. That the king would come down and say, yep, yep, I can use that one. You're not picking them? I love that one. I picked that one too. Oh, you're on the sideline. Oh, come here. Well, you don't feel like you fit in perfect because I'm going to show the king that you're more powerful because I'm more powerful in you. This is the type of thing that's what he does in all the authorities in the heavenly places. That means, that means all the angels. That means all the principalities, darkness, rulers of this age. And I like how the message puts it as well. You'll notice here at City Life, a lot of times we'll be in the ESV, but also the message and the ESV gives you a conservative translation from Greek and Hebrew, original language, and then the message really kind of expounds uh, further. So you can go on BibleGateway.com. You can read a translation side by side. I like how one preacher said, uh, which translation do you read? Yes. You know, which one do you read? Yes. And there's this KJV movement out there. There's all kinds of things. And... Uh, And some people need to be tackled. Let's just put it that way. Um, So the message says this. And so here am I, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring... Now, somebody was laughing when I said way over my head because I'm not that tall. Okay, look, that was not cool. (laughs) My task is to bring out into the open... And make plain what God created all this in the first place. He's been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along through followers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches. This extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Got a few videos I think today that's gonna help, I think, heal some people, but also. Give hope on how God sees his team.
1: This first one's Triple E. Check it out. When I first began to follow Jesus, um, there were things that I began to understand well, you know, things I got really interested in, God's grace, um, how big God was. I was reading books that showed me how big he was. I was real interested in God's attributes. Um, One of the things that took me a long time to fully understand was how central the church was to what God was doing. And so I talk to guys all the time who really say, Hey, I really love Jesus. Uh, and I, I'll attend church because I like to hear good sermons, but their commitment to the local church isn't there that much. And you see that a lot, even with college students. You know, college is kind of that age where you just kind of float around in nothingness, almost like you're not a real person yet. You're trying to figure out what being a real person is, and you're going to like train for almost like, Hey, I'm not a doctor yet, I'm in medical school. Almost like, Hey, You know, I'm just, this is kind of my training stage, and I'll really get into it once I kind of move on to that next adult stage. And I want to say there is no good, healthy, regular pattern of the Christian life if you are not. Joined with a local church if you're not in covenant with other Christians not just I have some Christian friends who we talk to Sometimes I'm talking about the way that God set it out that there are leaders that you submit to there are other Christians You covenant to to pray for and care for there's actually something that other Christians can do to help you if you fall into Unrepentant sin all the beautiful mercies God has given us to gather together to sing together to sit on a preaching together That is huge uh, in the life of a Christian and so we can't say I've been adopted by God. He's my father. I'm glad he is, but I'm just going to ignore his people altogether. That that doesn't make any sense because if you're adopted in his family, you now have brothers and sisters. So when we become new Christians, uh, our identity changes as individuals, but also in another way, kind of corporately. So it's like when I got married, I remember sitting on the couch. I was like, man, life as I knew it. Is so different. I don't think of anything the same way. there's it's a very similar thing when we get saved, is that we can't just think of things individually anymore. Because just like when I get married, now I'm one with another sinner, we have to wrestle with things together. When we trust Jesus, not only do we become one with Jesus, but we become one with his people. There's a unity that Jesus has already uh, won for us that we're now beginning to fight for. And so just like, I can't just get married and then decide to just ignore my wife. It's like, what are you doing? In the same way, you can't just be adopted into a new family and just... Besides, you're just going to ignore your brothers and sisters. It makes no sense. It's it's illogical. So not only are you robbing them of the ways that you can edify them, you're robbing yourself of the ways that can edify you. At its core, to what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, and so I encourage that man, young man, strongly do whatever you can to find a church that preaches God's word that's centered around the gospel and where people want to fight to love Him more.
0: Um. I'm gonna here's a statement. Yes, we are the church. Yes, we are the church. But I don't have to tell you, I'm five foot six and white. You already know that. So when people have asked, So City Life, are you a church? And I'm like, "Eh, hold on. (laughs) What do you mean by that? And they're like, whoa, slow down, buddy. No, no, what do you mean? (laughs) Why are you so loaded? Because I'm afraid the way you define church might be stopping you from encountering Jesus. Yes. Oh, well, I just meant how many parishioners do you have? <laughs> parishioners? What does that mean? Well, you're the pastor, you know, because this awkward experience. It's like, whoa, wait, wait. When somebody asks us that we've met in tutoring at Lansing Eastern, meeting them like this, rapping with pumps, all kinds of stuff, here, check out our music, and then they're a year later, I would love to come by City Life. First question, what do I wear? I'm sorry, but that scares me. Where did I fail you or who failed you? You mean you know me and you're wondering what do you wear? And I realize it's out of respect and reverence, but I could only think of how much damage we must unpack as the church and one of which, I hope you know something loud and clear, is the word church isn't the word that's used initially. It's ecclesia, And it means that this word, it's the Greek word that we're defined as called out ones, an assembly, like a gathering of people. We're called out. We don't look like the world. We, we're, we act a little differently, but yet we're in the world and we're present in the most darkest places because we believe we have the light, the hope the joy. And so a distinction that has to be made. The church cannot save anyone. Jesus does. But when Jesus saves people, he does care so much that he does not want us to be lone rangers or alone and get disappointed, discouraged. And he wants to connect us into the body. Just like your body, if one part hurts, it affects you. God cares when his body is not Connected. Check this next video out.
1: I don't think people can consistently say they love Jesus, but not the church. Now, now, when I say that, I want to be quick to say what I'm not talking about. I do think it's possible to love Jesus deeply and yet be, have been so hurt by congregations or persons in congregations that you pull back away from the church, even to have a series of hurts in multiple congregations that you pull back uh, in that. That's a different thing. That, that requires a different level of pastoral care and discovery and work at restitution and reconciliation and, and healing. It's, it's common these days for people to talk about you know, loving God, Or loving Jesus, but not really loving the church or really his people. Or, you know, I love God, but I just don't like organized religion. You know, and that's perfectly understandable because there have been so many instances where particular churches or people in churches have really hurt people. So a lot of people... Uh, when they think about, you know, loving Jesus and his people, they don't really love his people because they've had really hard experiences. And so it absolutely is possible for someone to love Jesus, but not his people yet. But that's not what we're called to. And I think when I meet somebody who's in that place, I want to help them to see how that's a little bit illogical. And here's why. When we are adopted by Jesus into his family, just like a, a regular adoption. So if my, me and my wife adopted a child, uh, that child, when it when it becomes a part of our family, they not only have a new relationship with us and that we're father and mother to that child. They also have a relationship to my son and to my current daughter, right? They now have a brother and a sister and they can't just claim my name like, oh, those are my parents and have my last name and ignore their brother and sister. There have been a lot of relationships that have changed. So that when we become Christians, there's an identity change and that now we belong to Jesus when his family but also there's an identity change in that now we have a lot of brothers and sisters and we cannot claim Jesus and then ignore the brothers and sisters that we now have. That's part of what it means to be in the family. And of course there are a ton of commands about how we're supposed to interact with each other as family. So I often understand what people are when they say that, but I want to help them see the inconsistency of it, especially that one of the main things that Jesus who's adopted us calls us to is to love one another, not to forsake the gathering of ourselves together, you know, not to, you know, close our heart towards one another. Uh, And if we really love Jesus, then we're going to grow in our love for his people because those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, Our love for Jesus shows up in love for his people.
0: The Ecclesia Church is a, a vehicle that God uses, to get us to the destination with him. Now, the destination is he's fully present. He's Emmanuel, God with us. So it's no works-based model. But we're also a flock with him. And he's the shepherd. We're his sheep. He protects us. We're, we're, we're together with him. It's also a hospital where different floors serve different purposes, There's triage. There's people having a baby. There's people losing a baby. There's people having operations. There's people just coming in to visit. There's people leaving with feeling the force of. I got to bring a souvenir. I mean, all these things are taking place in the hospital. There's. This is also a family. So this isn't a family reunion. This is a family. A family reunion would be something like a church conference where we're getting. Oh, I got brothers and sisters all across the globe. All right, so are you just having cousin interactions, if you will, or are you really having family interactions? And it first starts in our home, so let's not be deceived. Secondly, it's in our commitment, saying yes to to a people here. And then how we flow that into uh, all that we do, this manifold wisdom that God has hidden, that now is out in the open, that we're the the messengers of the good news, that we can't grow weary. It's also um, a body that has different members, different parts, and the the purpose, it's held together, is that the whole body is supposed to work properly and that Jesus is is kind of binding us and building us, but we're all connected in love. And then also the church is, it's Jesus' bride and he loves his bride. Not the groom, he is the bride. And so we get the posture of just simply receiving. And there is moments where for sure we're going to make mistakes. And the church, though, is not this. It's not a country. It's a kingdom. It's not just because we voted for something. You'd be shocked at some of the emails I get. I can't imagine some other pastors. I mean, we've only been in the game for a few years, and our church, I would say, is just a little unchurchy. I always want to, I just, can I be real for a second? Can I, be, okay. I almost want to ninja kick somebody real quick, just like, ah, when they're like, when they say things like, oh, you're the young church, or you're the, you're yeah, you guys reach a lot of unsaved people. So what are you saying? What does that say? You can't, so you can't play with us? Or what does that say? Are you, are you truly happy? Because I'm not feeling that you really are. I feel like it's like, like, almost like a distance. Like, oh, you guys. Because I don't feel like we're reaching as far as we got to reach. I'm feeling like God wants to turn up the heat further. And maybe he's calling more laborers to get messy and quit being afraid and get off our couch and get close to people. And I know this is not easy because I hear the same lies when I go home. Hey, eh, just give up. Just, who cares? Just, no, no, no. Get closer. Lean in. So we have to have proximity. We, we, it's important. And then we have to uh, then have commitment and frequency. That's why if you'll notice those that are deeply com- committed and connected, as soon as the, the Satan wants to lie to you, as soon as you start to wander a little bit, go high, get well, get better, and then come back. Lie. We are the extension of Jesus. We heal each other, pick each other up, encourage one another, point each other to the scriptures. This is not... A Sunday service. Sunday service, we just gather to celebrate and we give more people opportunities to meet Jesus. Like, what up? Good news. Good new- Really, good news. Tell me it real clear. You're dead in sin if you don't know Jesus, but God loves you so much that he gives you new life if you make him your Lord. Believe and trust in him. Wow, that's easy. Yeah, it's that easy. Cool, now be a part of the team. Well, I love this thing. So good, so good. The good news is that good. And it is also not programs. Church is so much more. Now, I recognize there's some serious damage that the church has done, such as, you know, the Dark Ages. You have crusades. You have priests that you're hearing about in the news and all these different things. But I would kind of encourage us to look past that, look to Jesus, and then also look to great examples. I heard someone said they didn't believe in God because why would preachers drive $50 million jets? And I thought, dude, come on, that's so unfair. You picked the one in a billion? I, never, I don't even know anyone who has a $50 million jet. But doing this Jesus thing 16 years, most of the people I know are, are highly focused, highly committed. Now, if you believe that lie for, for an issue and a pain, and I know we want to take our ball, we want to go home, we want to just crawl up. But for every girl that broke my heart, if I would have just crawled up, I would have never met Crystal and been able to trust and love again. Push past the hurt. It's okay to be a part of God's family to trust, to love again. It is. He's that beautiful. Now, we are a people. Uh, Hebrews 10, 25 says, we can't neglect meeting together. I know the damage can do this as a habit of some, but we're encouraging one another because the day's drawn near. Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, he's gonna rule and reign forever. And then an obvious question, well, God, why have you not come back yet? We learn in Peter that he's slow to come back. Because he wants more kids to come back home. He wants people rooted. He wants people repenting. He he knows when he comes back, it's final. So I think we can endure a little bit more, can't we? For the sake of people spending forever with God. It's really, really powerful. So we are a people. We're a people called out. We're people that disciple we're people that look forward. We're people that display a message of, of grace, forgiveness, long-suffering, peace. We don't display the things we have or the trophies we hold up or the jerseys we wear. We point to Jesus often. Some could say, you're Jesus freaks. We'd say, yeah, I guess so, if that's what you call it. But you could make fun of it, but he's so beautiful. You must not have looked to him because you'd never call him a freak. There will be times we're persecuted and people will feel uncomfortable around you if you're carrying light. But make sure you tell them, oh, look, God's not trying to condemn you. That's just conviction. Come here. I'm broken too. Let's go to the table and feast with Dad and good things happen. Yes, we have leaders and elders and teachers and help. All this, though, you got to understand is to help equip you to do what God wants you to do. That you would be ministering ministry at work. Ephesians 1 out of the message says, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from the dead and set him on the throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. (laughs) What? And then we just kind of like, preacher's talking. I'm reading the Bible. In charge of running the universe. One thing that shocks me is I've heard, you know, people always want verse by verse study. How do you get that unless you don't just throw out a transformers every once in a while? We're running the universe? I think we got to expand our mind. This is how serious this stuff is. I think culture is just now displaying things that God's doing. He's outside time zone. I mean, we love science. We love we're more exploring. We're just learning more about our Father. He's the God of order. He's in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments. No name or no power except from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. We voted. We elected people. We want change. But... Can I just stir up the pot just for a second? I think chili's better with at least one jalapeno in it. And so I think you need a jalapeno just in it. And whether you're you you know whether you're watching CNN or you're watching Fox News. Wait, he said CNN first. Does that make him a Democrat? He said Fox News. Is he a Republican? Wait, we voted for change. This administration now uh, blames the, the Obamacare, and that's the reason we're having these issues. But then Obama, you know, it must have been Bush's regime. Have you gotten to a place yet where you've noticed inconsistencies that these can't just be the master level rulers. There's no way they can fix everything because for a really long time, they've all been promising the same thing. Why? Because God wants us to look higher. It doesn't mean we minimize our government. No. Now we become even more effective citizens. Oh, we're submitted to the king of kings. So we can submit to you, king. So it is very clear, Christian first, nation second. But if we aren't careful, what happens is nation first, Christian second, because if your nation provides you with some type of safety, but I want you to know that what the church meant is uh, he's in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. At the center of all of this, center, get this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence and he put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all the church is the center of God's plan the rulers of this world they have reign for a minute but they're peripheral to what God wants to do this is why for me you know what my prayer has been My prayer has been that my life would stay in the body of Christ. I met Jesus first, so it was easier to like the church. A lot of people meet the church first, then Jesus, okay? I met Jesus first. Um, I had a couple interactions with the church, but not enough to really describe that mothball smell at nine years old, okay? I couldn't, (laughs) but... So I, you know, and as I met Jesus, he delivered me from a life of sin. And then I I was like, oh, I got a team. I got a family. I want to, we're connected in this. You have a, you believe in the Lord too? Wow. Wow. And and so I became mesmerized and, and so just committed and connected. But my prayer has been that my life would be in the body of Christ. My life would be for the body of Christ, but also that my life would live through always. Everything I do. For the body of Christ. That means everything I do. Everything. My business? Yeah, I don't want that peripheral to what God's doing. <laughs> Why, when He comes back, Would I want to watch everything I've done burn and be like everything I did in him last? Now, where we get it twisted is we think church membership or serving is all he cares about. No, the church, remember, is not a building. It's all that we do, but that we're committed as a people when we get together. We celebrate the risen king, that we invite more people to the table, and then we go out to love the city one life at a time, that there is no walls in this place, none. We love the city deeply because why? God made the city. He saw all of creation as good. So what we are, ecclesia, is probably a better term, that we're the upside down kingdom. The reason these called out ones would get looked at, because they were afraid that Caesar's rule, the Roman emperor, the rule of that day, that they would mess up the pay scale and even the power structures in place. That these Christians, they're describing something. You know what they're saying? Trump doesn't run this place. Obama doesn't run this place. Jesus runs this place and he's the king. That's exactly what it meant. That's it. That's it. So when I hear about Jesus followers talking more about whatever their candidate is more than the King, I do get concerned. Just I do because I'm like, wait, I can't. hear. but we gotta be as Christians in politics, absolutely. But did you forget the essence of who we are? We have a King. Let's talk about him. And then, yeah, now we can go to the Senate House meeting. Now we can pray. I got to invited one day. I got to rap at the Republican Day dinner. And I did a, a rap that was uh, somehow, I don't even remember how they invited me, but I think they were trying to lure me into the party. I said, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. My party's people. Party's people. Does that mean I can vote one way? Hey, you can vote on your convictions, but my party's people. I want to be very careful. And I'm very vested and I'm very under authority with our government. But I think this is a real important message for America because we'll never get the church. We'll, we'll kind of always see it second, but it's first. He's the king. We're an upside-down kingdom. Look at us. Mock us. It doesn't matter. Because here's the thing. We're a family on mission and at war. This family is deep. It, 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 it is ride or die. This family is deep. But you're going to get disappointed in this family because, just like any family, if you put expectations too high that only the groom can set, this marriage is going to be horrible. Jesus is the bride, the groom. We're the bride. And so we're going to have issues. And the world can look at us every, every once in a while and be like, maybe you're visiting the first time. Man, this is way deeper than I envisioned. Well, you can watch us in, in our glass house and be like, they got windows everywhere. Do they know how frail their windows are? You're right. You could break. You could break this. You could throw stuff at us and break. But what wouldn't break is Jesus' force field around our souls and what he's doing through his church. That will last and we'll have issues. We'll, we'll get back up, but we gotta pick each other up. Love one another, share each other's burdens. There's over 59 commands of one another in the New Testament, one another, one another, one another, one another, This We're deeply connected, so we are a family. But if we don't understand that we're also on mission, that means mission, we, we got stuff to do. Can't just play board games all the time. Those, that's fun. It's really fun. My kids played Monopoly for the first time this weekend. Next statement was, bless you. Next statement was, when are we playing Monopoly again? Because it's fun. Families can be fun when it's done right. But family will never feel alive unless there's a mission. In a mission, look, don't go to battle without knowing the stakes because we are at war. We're at war. the, The devil doesn't play games. The devil wants to get us depressed Confused, doubt, worry, shame, fear, all of these things, anxiety. Anyone felt any of those things this week? I have. Like, like literally, you can I, I just want you to lift up your hand. We're letting them go, God. We're letting it go. God, we're asking for your healing power to come in. Let the light of Christ go. Like, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Da, 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 anymore. <laughs> It's a good thing. All right. <laughs> I have so much I want to share. I would love to teach like a 40-week class on this. Um, but life gets hard. We all sign up quick, and then by the end of it, it's just like three of us, right? You know, We're going to change the world. That's who Jesus left it with, yeah. Yeah. He left it with a bunch of misfits and idiots like us. And hopefully I'll get to revisit this at a later date. Because there's just so much I would love to share. And I'll ask the worship team to come up. Diamond, I'm going to cut all the way to the end. I'm going to go right to Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. The city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who sits in heaven here's another way to put it you here to be the light bringing out god colors in the world manifold colors in the world god is not a secret to be kept we're going public with this as public as a city on a hill if i make you light bearers you don't think i'm going to hide you under a bucket do you i'm putting you on a light stand now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine light stands, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous father in heaven. I couldn't think of a better job description of the church than this. For sure. A church needs to visit orphans, widows, those in times of needs, preach the good news. Yeah, absolutely. But remembering that we're a light, that we're supposed to invite people in. We're not supposed to separate and look at, I think sometimes what we think, that God's more pleased if we actually show him the city. Look, God, what we built. He says, no, that's neat. Show me the people. Where's my light at? No, we, we put a bunch of lights on. Look, the whole city can see us. Oh, no. You didn't really think I wanted like a city on a hill, did you? I wanted people that shined as if it was a city on a hill. God wants to light us in a way and activate us a part of his team and his family. Now, the team's gonna be passing a bucket. We're gonna do this the whole month of November. Feel freedom if you're not, if you're if you're not even ready to join the team, then don't yet. You can sit, stay for another 5, 10, 15 years until the Lord comes back. And as long as your health is good and city life is here, you're always welcome. But we want you to know loud and clear that you're wanted. We would love for your life to be in the body of Christ. We would love for your life to be for the body of Christ. We would love for you to move past cousin experience and get some brothers and sisters. To to be more frequent, to be more proximate with people. That decisions that you make, you start thinking How does this affect my local body? How do I help my local body? I want to be for my local body. And then lastly, that you'd want your life through it in just such a way that each one of us does our part. We come together collectively. And that's what that brochure is. Can Can I see that brochure real quick? So this is what this brochure is. It's just a way to explain for you to say yes. We believe that every single one of you are a 10 somewhere. Like you're a 10. 10 out of what? 10 out of 10. God's gifted you so uniquely more than Leitner, Robinson, Jordan, Carl Malone, Pippin, Drexler, Stockton, not Isaiah. You are part of God's team. We had 15 sign up last week. What would it be cool if we had 15 more and then by the end of the month, 75 that say, yep, this is my home. I might not be able to commit all the time, but I'm in. We have different options that you can serve. And as we sing. We're going to sing to all the poor and powerless, that as a team, we're here to say, He is God. We're pointing to Him. Come on, come on. Poor and powerless. You, you, you don't get this. Like, we're, we're nothing. Come on, let's go join the team. What? Really? You take, yeah, come here. Come here. What do I wear? Quit asking. Come here, right? Get close. Get close. Get close. Get close. Get close. And I also want to acknowledge, I think that uh, as we're praying this and we're singing this and we're signing, you know, say yes, we're dropping it in. And and maybe some of us are re-upping. Maybe some of us are even switching departments. Maybe God's doing something so deep in us. But for some of us, he's healing us of previous hurt. It's like, oh, okay. And when you've been hurt, what's the tendency? If somebody touches that area, God is so gentle today. He wants to touch those areas that hurt. He does. I can see it on so many people's faces just to kind of invite you to be so vulnerable with God. In your own way, talk to him. Say it. God, I'm struggling with this. That's the beauty that he provides. That's the safety of this place. It would be such a sham. Such a, you know, like a business seminar that you're, you leave with a bunch of potions and you got to call all your favorite friends, right? That would, that's not this. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not this. This is a place where you need to come spiritually. you got to just lay it down and say that he is God, and I think he's going to do a work in us as we close let's pray Jesus I thank you for this body I thank you for people saying yes today I thank you for people starting to realize that local church meant local family that local church means pride that it means connected it means committed it means moving past just first name and moving and entering in and being vulnerable with each other it's saying yes to when it's difficult and even when we lose we're signing back up we're in God do a work today So that we can tell everybody, you are God. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city, one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.